John chapter 3. I might get to verse 16 in a little while. I forgot to pray for my wife this morning. If y'all will remember her, she started feeling ill yesterday. Think it's just sinuses, but you pray for her. It's all in her in her head. So if you would remember her. You got your Bible open to John three? Say amen. amen. I remember I went to Christian school for a couple of years and uh, every Friday we had chapel. And every Friday when we had chapel, about the time it started, I remember we had to have a memory verse. We had it for two years, but I always forgot. And I'd always go to verse number 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. I could remember that one. And it was quick. And I found out, Brother Kurt, I wasn't the only one that forgot. Because there's about four of us every week. That was our verse. <clears throat> you all right? You're kind of quiet this morning, Nathan. You, you okay? Can I get an amen from you? All right. You're going to start reading in verse number one. <clears throat> Between my nerves and the Lord this morning, I'm about I'm about to have a, a Tourette syndrome up here, I think. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, this is just kind of a side note, but I find it very peculiar. Now, we know that this is John's gospel, okay? And I've told you this before, you you can't judge the timetable of what's happening based on the pages of your Bible. Because if you've got a Schofield Bible, we're looking at chapter 3 on page 1117, but on page 1116, Jesus just started His public ministry. And now all of a sudden, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus by night talking about all these miracles that Jesus has done. And he's saying that ain't nobody can do this except they come from God. So you, that's why you've got to read your Bible. Because you've got you to fill in some of these, these holes that maybe Matthew, Mark, or Luke had written about that they had recorded. So here, of course, there was this marriage at Cana. All of these things, and that was that was a pretty big miracle in and of itself. But Nicodemus has heard about these things, and he's curious about this man named Jesus. He's not curious about salvation. He's not curious about the, he's curious about Jesus. <laughs> Can I just say this morning, if anybody ever gets curious about Jesus, they will get more than they bargained for. Some of us has talked about the man, I can't even remember his name right now, but he was an atheist and he began to to look into Jesus Christ and he is no longer an atheist. And because he got curious about Jesus. 
He says, except God be with him at the end of verse number 2. Verse number 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. He goes on in verse number 8, Jesus says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Let's pray. Father, we ask you now that you would take the reading of your word. I pray that you would touch me today in the message that's on my heart. I ask you that you'd allow me to be able to communicate that to your people. Father, we pray for an anointing. We pray for your touch today. We do pray for clarity of mind and speech. We ask you that you would touch your people. Lord, if there's someone here today that they've never trusted you as Savior, Father, I pray that today, today, Lord, that they would trust you. God, I ask you today, Lord, that you draw someone to you. Father, we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to try to preach on this thought, what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be born again? I listened as Kaylee sang her song, and then as the dense sang their song all about salvation. Now, of course, I asked Kayla to sing the song that she sang, but I didn't tell them what to sing. But I feel like God kind of had this, if I could say it, this theme on our hearts this morning. We sang about, uh, I know that my name is there. We sang about that happy day when we got saved. And so feel as though God has kind of given me a little confirmation this morning. But we deal with this term, born again. Now, I'll say this, a few years ago, you could, you could use the term born again, and a lot of people would look at you like you had three heads. They didn't know what that meant. Uh, but then there was a period of time when, when it was, it, if I could say it like this, the term born again was abducted by popular society, and it basically meant that people had turned over a new leaf, and, and they had started trying some new things, and not necessarily religious things, but uh, maybe they, they had found a, a new job, and they had reinvented themselves, and they entitled it born again. And, and I want you to know today, that is not what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, I'm talking about the biblical definition of being born again. And um, the term has long been a term that has confused people. Matter of fact, it's a term that still confuses those people that have been born again. And the reason that I say that is because they know they've been saved, but they don't know how that it has happened. 
They, they still, they still read these, these verses that I read today and they said, I'm on Nicodemus' side. How can, how can a man be born again? It does not make any sense. Well, Jesus says that it's by the Spirit of God. Would you agree? Whether you agree with it or not, that's what Jesus said. So that's, that's right. But Jesus told Nicodemus that ye must be born again. Now understand that Jesus is speaking to a religious man, but he's also speaking to a ruler of the Jews. So this is not just a, a casual man that came up to Jesus wanting to have a conversation. This is a man that knew the Scriptures, especially the, well, he knew the Old Testament inside and out. He knew many of those things forwards and backwards. Uh, he knew the uh, the the uh, prophecies he knew and he studied the lives of those men uh, in the Old Testament and so this was a man that uh, he felt like he had a good grasp on religion and so we see that that's who Jesus was speaking to specifically on this fateful night. But I want you to know today that as John, maybe somewhere around the corner or somewhere along the line, as he pinned these words down between Jesus and Nicodemus, I believe that he pinned them under the inspiration so that 2,000 years later, you and I can read these words and they can be preached on this Sunday morning so that someone could hear about being born again. And so someone asked many years ago, the preacher George Whitfield, why he preached he must be born again so often. And his reply was very simple. He said, because ye must be born again. And so it is a message that we need to preach often. It is a message that uh, that needs to always be one of the very first things that a preacher should uh, be preaching. Yes, we need to be preaching about hell and heaven and, and of course, the full counsel of the gospel. But uh, we need to preach about living a holy life and how we need to preach against sin and things of this sort. But being saved ought to be something that we should be preaching about quite often. But as we begin to preach this morning, we notice, number one, again, we're dealing with this thought, what does it mean to be born again? And I want to deal with this, first of all, what being born again is not. What being born again is not. And I'll say this, that first, it is not religion. Being born again is not religion. I can remember I was telling, I uh, went to church on uh, Thursday night at Brother Dalton's and he asked me if I would to get up and give my testimony, so very quickly I did. Uh, but since then, I was I was thinking about that church that I went to uh, just a few times there in Hollister, Florida. And I remember going behind that, and I say curtain, but it was one of those, uh, that it was a divider of a room. And, and so I went back there after he had asked who wanted to go to heaven. And there were several people back there that, that raised their hands, yes, I want to go to heaven. And he said, if you want to go to heaven, just simply pray. Pray after me and you can be uh, saved and you can go to heaven. And so, uh, of course, I did. Brother Kurt, I didn't know any better. And so I did that. And what I received that day, Michael, I was not salvation. Uh, but what I received that day was a false hope. What I received that day was religion. And I held on to religion for a little over two years. And what I did that day was almost seal my eternity, my destiny in hell. Uh, because for two years after... 
after that, because right after that, Brother Jody, I started going to church at my home church there in Florida. And the preacher began to preach and he began to tell about how you ought to be saved and how you can be saved. And I said, I'm already saved because I prayed that prayer. I'm already saved because that man told me that I was saved. And week after week, the preacher gave the invitation. And month after month, I began to tell myself, no, you're already saved. But I'm glad around August or so of two, of 1991, that God began to work on my heart. And he said that religion is not what's going to get you to heaven. That prayer that you prayed is not going to work. What the words of that man said, that's not what you need to hear. You need to hear from me. The words that you need to hear, it's not the words of some man. It's the words of God. And I'm glad to report today that I chunked my religion and I got what God could give me. So I want you to know today that religion, according to verse number 10, that Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Nicodemus asked him there in verse number 9, How can these things be? He said, You're a master of Israel and you don't know these things. Religious or Religion is not being born again. He was an, a Pharisee. He was wealthy. He was separated from his countrymen. Uh, they walked differently. They, they lived in many times opulent homes. Uh, they believed uh, oftentimes that fate governed the world. Uh, they also did did believe in in certain cases that it was God's uh, decrees uh, that governed the world. Uh, they were proud, they were self-righteous, and they held the common people in great disrespect. So here was this religious man, but yet he was asking Jesus about himself. These Pharisees, they worshipped in grand fashion. They prayed on open street corners. They paid their alms publicly. I want you to know that religion can accomplish many things. Religion can feed the hungry. It can build a home if necessary. It can clothe the naked. A religion, it can, it can do a lot of things, but in regard of salvation, it can do absolutely nothing. A one modern songwriter said this, a religion isn't working anyway. I want you to know today, whether we're in 1992 or 2023, I stand behind of the decision that I made that day. That religion does not not work. What, what being born again is not, it is not religion. It is not a resolution. Here in just a few months, people are going to make, <coughs> they're going to make a New Year's resolution, but I want you to know that making that resolution is not going to, it's not going to result in being born again. I say it like this, that a resolution or keeping the law, if you will, uh, it is commendable, but it will never be enough. In Galatians chapter number 2, verse 15 and 16, uh, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might work or that we might be justified uh, by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. 
Listen, there's rules everywhere you go. We have rules in this church. We have rules at our schools. We have, hopefully you got rules at your home. There's rules on the job. There's rules on the road. There's rules everywhere. But I want you to know today, keeping the rules of men, keeping the rules of mom and dad, that is not going to save you. That's not going to result in being born again. Next, we see that being born again, it is not reformation. I wasn't going to say anything like, I wasn't going to say this, but I got books back there in this, in this library, and I've got books at my home library uh, that talks about the reformation. And I want you to know that I am not reformed. Can I get about three people that say amen? I did not come out of the Catholic Church. I am, I, this church did not come out of the Catholic Church. The Baptist did not come out of the Catholic Church. Yes, the Episcopalian, the Presbyterian, the, the Methodist, everybody else, it branched off of the Catholic Church. But the Baptist Church did not come out of the Catholic Church. So when people say, uh, talk about being Reformed, and people say about being a Protestant or protesting the Catholic Church, I am not one of them, all right? So that is a side note. You can put that in your pocket and play with it later on. Uh, but being, being Reformed does not mean that you will be born again. Men can reform as often as he takes a breath, but he will still end up in hell. I want you to know this morning, uh, men's trouble is on the inside. He does not need an outside reformation, but he needs an inward regeneration. The Bible says in Titus chapter number 3, verse number 5, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to, whoop, according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad today that when I got saved, it wasn't because of me cleaning myself up. Uh, because I tried to clean up. I tried to turn over new leaves. I tried to stop what I was doing. I tried to look the other way. I tried and tried and tried. But I'm glad when the Lord came into my heart, oh, the trying stopped and it turned into doing. Amen. Amen. People try their best, try their best to reform and, 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 and I understand there's times that we need to try to reform, but spiritually speaking, eternally speaking, of being reformed is not going to get you to heaven. If you'll ever be regenerated, if you'll ever have the washing of the Holy Ghost, that renewing of the Holy Ghost and the washing of regeneration, then you can be born again. Number two, what being born again is. What being born again is, the Bible says in verse number eight, it is like the wind. Nicodemus says, how can this be? Can you enter in your mother's womb the second time and be born? Jesus said in verse number eight, he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof. He said, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So it's like the wind that cannot be explained. Now I realize they got that you can measure the wind and they can predict the wind, but you really can't explain the wind. I can't. Maybe some of you, you college people, maybe you can explain it. Kaylee, you've been in college all of about eight weeks. Can you explain it? Honey, I can't. 
Allie, you're about to graduate next, is it this December? Okay, next December. Okay, I'm about to say, Lord, help. All right, so you've been in college for a while. Uh, Abby, you've been in college for 23 years. I mean, goodness gracious, some of you others have been in college. Uh, uh, Caitlin been in college longer than Abby, I think. And some of you others been in, can you, can you explain the wind? I can't explain. You can, you can be on the front porch and you can feel a gentle breeze, but you can be out by the, just 10 feet away and can't feel no wind. I don't understand that. I don't understand the wind. I don't understand, I don't quite understand being born again. I can't explain it, but I know, I know that I've been born again. I can't explain the wind, but I can feel the wind. I can't explain the wind, but I can hear it coming. I like being, I like being outside and you could hear the wind coming before you could ever feel it. You could hear it high up in the tree. Then all of a sudden, sometimes, sometimes you can see the, the, if the leaves have fallen or maybe you got high, tall grass, you could see the, the, the waves come across that grass or the leaves before you ever feel it. There's, <laughs> there's, that's the way it felt this morning. I have no idea what Brother David was feeling up here. But right back here, y'all know, y'all, speaking of wind, y'all know what a Tasmanian devil is? Y'all know, like, I don't know what y'all call them. One of them little whirlwinds. That's what was happening right here this morning. I couldn't even... I couldn't even talk. Just because the Spirit was moving. And I don't know what He was doing with y'all. But you see, being born again is not some things. But what it is, is it is like the wind. It cannot truly be explained. But it cannot be denied. The Christian has experienced it, but he cannot explain it. In receiving, it is receiving God's nature and becoming God's child. In Second Peter chapter number one, verse number four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We ought to just camp there for a little while. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. These great, exceeding, and precious promises. He says we've received these, and, and as such, or by such, we've received the divine nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that it is the new life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What is being born again? It is like the wind. It is the beginning of a new life. It is receiving God's nature and becoming His child. Number three why, this is very quickly, why you must be born again. I, one of the most frustrating things in my childhood was needing to know an answer, not being rebellious, not being belligerent, but being told to do something and being told how to do something 
but not truly understanding why. And especially so with Ralph Burke asking, Daddy, why? And getting the response, because I said so. There's a lot of times that that wasn't sufficient. <laughs> and I kept, but, and most of the time that's as far as I got. But, and then it was bobbing and weaving from there. My daddy watched a lot of boxing and I learned, I learned a little bit from him. Why must we be born again? Because Jesus said so. Now, if you talk to someone out on the street and you're trying to tell them you need to be born again, why? Because Jesus said so. They're going to look at you like you've got three heads and they're going to say, well, what does that mean to me? But if they're truly curious about Jesus and they have a, they have a healthy respect about who he is, then when you say because Jesus said so, then that's going to be sufficient. You need, you must have God's nature in order to enjoy God's heaven. Look with me at verse number three and then again in verse number five. Jesus answered Nicodemus and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse number five. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God because Jesus said so. Ye must be born Again, number four, how can you be born again? I want us to know first that it is not of blood. You cannot be born again by your blood, by your blood. If you were to look back in chapter number one, you would see verse 13. We got to look, let's look back at verse number 11. Speaking of Christ, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. Here we go, verse 13. And we'll read this several times. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So how can you be born again? You cannot be born again by your own blood. There's, there, you, you can, you can do DNA tests, you can do all kinds of tests based on your blood. But I want you to know today, there is nothing in your blood that is worth entrance into heaven. There's nothing in your blood that is good enough, that is pure enough, that can wash away your sin. But there was one that came and shed His blood for all men. So it is not your blood that can get you into heaven. And I will say this, it's I, I know who my daddy is, I know who my mother is, and it's because their blood runs through my veins. And so I understand there is that familial uh, bloodline that runs, and it runs through my veins, and, and then uh, Lori's blood and my blood then uh, runs through my children's veins, and so on and so forth. 
Uh, but it's not the blood of our family uh, that gets us into heaven. And so what I'm saying today, it's not the blood of your mother or your daddy that's going to get you into heaven. It is only the blood of Christ that will get you into heaven. If today you're sitting here and you've got your arms crossed and you've got your lip pooched out and you think you're going to get to heaven uh, because your daddy's saved or because your mama's saved or because somebody's been unfair to you or because you think you've got it made, I want you to know today uh, that you are not going to get into heaven uh, based on anything that you've done, on anything that you've said or anyone that you know outside of Christ. It is not of blood. The Bible goes on in verse number 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh. You are not a Christian because of your own efforts. I'm not trying to be disparaging, but there's a lot of folks. I'm going to try to stay on top. There's a lot of folks doing a lot of good things. And they're hoping that those things are going to be good enough one day to get into heaven. I wish I'd looked it up. Let me see if I can find something real quick. Y'all just, y'all play some hold music and hang on just a second. Wherever it's at, y'all can look it up and tell me tonight. Text it to me later on. One of these days, people are going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Lord, did we not, uh, who was it? Maybe I, somebody here has said something about building a house is not going to get you into heaven. And the church is not to build a house. I completely agree with that. The church is not told to build a house. Church is not told to go out and, and do these things. The church is told to go out and get sinners and bring them in. How are we doing on that? I don't see too many sinners coming in the house. How are we doing on that? So how about we don't worry about building any houses until we start working on hearts? But people are building houses and they're, they're stuffing food pantries. And, and, and I guess there's a need for those things. Not against them. I've given the food pantries. I've, I've worked on, on like habitat-type habitat houses. I've done those things. But I want you to know today, that's not going to get you into heaven. We could probably go through the offering plate today and see checks with names on them, maybe got a bunch of zeros behind them. Might see a bunch of $100 bills, maybe some $1 bills, maybe some quarters or pennies, I don't know. But I want you to know, no matter what you put in that offering plate, that's not going to get you to heaven. I know y'all did a real good job on that. But I need one more time for y'all to answer me back. What you put in the offering plate and the works that you do is not going to get you into heaven. Do you believe that? Thank you. I want to make sure I wasn't stroking out there for a second. Nor of the will of flesh. Nor of the will of... Being born again is, it's not, how are you to be born again? It's not by blood. It's not by the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. Listen, Brother Lee, 
There's a, I got a list a mile long of people I want to see saved. Woo, don't you know? If it was up to me, I would say, you're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. You're going to be, but not of the will of man. And I don't, Brother David, I don't quite understand this, but let's put it on us personally. I don't think an individual can say, okay, I want to get saved right now. Now, if the Holy Spirit's dealing with them, if He's drawing them, yes. And I don't, I don't quite understand those things. Don't quite understand it. But what I do know, what I do know, the Scripture says it's not of the will of man that you can get saved, that you can get born again. No matter how much you might want someone to be saved, someone to come into the family of God, we could probably count the people that we know that we would love for them to be saved today. We could probably call their names today. But it's not of the will of man. Then it says, but of God. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. How can you be born again? You must be born again of God, or as our text says in verse number 5, of the Spirit. The Spirit must draw you. I couldn't tell you where I was sitting. I know it was on the right-hand side of the church. I was in Palatka at New Hope Baptist Church. Brother Jeff Plemons, some of y'all may know him. Brother Jeff Plemons was sitting in the front, and I, a thousand times I wish he would have. That night, I'm, I wish he would just be quiet. He was talking about the Lamb of God. My hand up, Rachel, he just kept repeating the lamb, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb. And he'd go on, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb. And every time he said the lamb, there was something, <laughs> there was something in my soul that was just being wrenched. My flesh was saying, I wish he'd just hush. That night is when the Spirit got a hold of my heart. And from August of 1991 to April of 1992, the Spirit was drawing me. Brother Lee, I tried religion for six months. I almost, I almost, I firmly believe on April 24, 1992, if I had not gotten saved that day, I believe that was, that was, that was the end. I believe that with all my heart. That was the last time God was going to deal with me. And if it had been the last time, I could not tell you where I'd be today. But I'm thankful that on that day, he dealt with me one more time. And I'm glad he gave, I don't understand this either. I'm glad that he gave me enough faith to say, okay, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to chunk my religion and I'm going to trust you. Couldn't tell you what I said. It's probably all messed up. But I'm glad that day. I asked the Lord to save me. Don't know why, but I know He did. But of God.
It wasn't just because I wanted to. It wasn't because of who my daddy was. It wasn't because of who my preacher was. It was no good in me because it wasn't because of who I was. Because of who he is. When, number five, when to be born again. We're going to call for an invitation here in just a minute. When to be born again before it's, I'm going to use this old phrase, before it's eternally too late. You can be, you can be playing around in the parking lot and miss your ride to the restaurant. It'd be too late. You can oversleep today in your nap. Somebody gonna take a nap? Say amen right there. And you get up at six thirty, and it's gonna to be too late probably to come to church. But you need to be saved. You need to be born again before it's eternally too late. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty one one, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not. What a day may bring forth. I've got plans for tomorrow. I've already made my plans for tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with that. But I've also, back 31 years ago, made some eternal plans that if my tomorrow down here doesn't come, I'm good. I'm ready. Whatever may come, I'm ready. I might end up being in a hospital bed. I may end up at a funeral home. Whatever the case may be, I'm ready. And it's because of being born again. The Bible says in James chapter number 4, verse number 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Some of you are young. Some of you are old. What is your life? I'm 44 years old. What, I, what I'm about to say may seem a little strange. I'm 44 years old, but I can remember things that happened. I can't even believe it, Miss Irene. I can remember things that happened 20, 30 years ago, like it was yesterday. And think, surely that wasn't that long ago. I remember the day walking across the stage when I graduated in 1997. I don't even know how many years that ago was that what that was. I ain't never been invited to no reunion, so I can't keep up with it. That's a long time. Some of you could say the same thing. Some of you that are older than I am, man, time is fleeting. It's just like that. And you younger ones, you probably think, oh, that's just old people talk. Well, I'm here to tell you, I used to be younger. It ain't just old people talk. It's the truth. What is your life? Spiritually speaking, what do you have to show about it? What do you have to show for it, rather? 
I don't have a lot down here. I don't have a lot that I could just show and say, look at everything that I've done. But I can look back spiritually and I can take you to the day that I got saved. And I can take you to the day that I got called to preach and I surrendered to God. I can take you to the day in Dahlonega, Georgia, where I fully surrendered and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I can take you to the day when I surrendered in a lot of different times where God blessed my heart because of full surrender to Him. I can take you to some times in my life where God has blessed me. And I want you to know that every one of those things, God has done something wonderful in my life. And I may not have anything physically that I can show you, but spiritually, if I can unfurl this map, I want you to know that there are dots on there that you would never be able to understand. But because of God and by God, I'm glad that we can connect those dots. This morning, I want you to know there is a life, spiritually speaking, waiting for you. Preacher said years ago, he said, your, your eternity with God could start today. He said, if you were to draw a dot, he said, that is today. And then you could draw a line, a linear line from there as far as you ever could. He said, you'd still never reach the end of it. That's eternity. And that could start today. When, when should you be born again before it's eternal to, eternally too late? Now. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. He says, I've heard thee in a time accepted, in a day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We can come with a song of invitation. I'll make these few statements. You can wait, young person. If you've never accepted Christ, you can wait. You can wait with the thought, I'll wait until I'm a teenager. Or, I'll wait until I'm an adult. It's already been told in this church about a young man that was in his teens that had an accident. And his life was taken from him just a week ago. I'm, I almost said I'm not trying to scare you, but maybe that's what needs to happen. We, 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 we've got people that we know that are in hospitals. Their life is ending. Maybe, maybe you're an adult. You think everything's fine. You think everything is hunky-dory. You're, you're, you're healthy as a horse, as they say. Tomorrow may be a different story. You may be in a hospital hooked up with tubes running down your throat. And you can't communicate anything. Your mind may be a million miles from here. It might be too late tomorrow. Young person, it might be too late. To, it might be too late an hour from now. Because God knew that you would be here today. What did the scripture that I just said? It says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Jesus said in verse number 7 of John chapter 3, He says, marvel not, don't be surprised. 
Don't think it a large thing that I say unto thee. You must be born again. Have you heard? Have you heard the Lord call today? Have you heard Jesus say, Brother David talked about it in Sunday school. Have you heard those words, come unto me? Have you heard the Lord say, come? Maybe you're one of those that says, well, nobody really wants me. Can I tell you today that God does? You may think you're safe because your parents are safe. You may think you're safe because you come to church all the time. Church attendance, religion, they'll both do the same thing. They will give you just enough hope for you to end up in hell. But being born again, being saved, is the only way that you can go to heaven. This morning, maybe you think, well, nobody's, nobody loves me. I've been talked about all my life. I've been, rid- I've been laughed about all my life. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Can I remind you of our verse? For God, not just loved, but so love the world. That includes every single one of us. That includes people that do not speak our language. That includes people that do not look like us. That includes people that have done things that would make us sick to our stomach. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, that's you, believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when you think, nobody loves me, I want you to know today, God loves you. And He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die in your place. I want you to hear these words again in verse number 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You that are saved here this, this morning, I, I, I want to I talk to you just for a moment. You that are saved, I wonder will you call someone out today? Is there somebody that God has impressed on your heart that needs to be saved? Maybe they're here this morning, maybe they're not. Will you come and will you call their name out to God? Maybe you need, and this has been the theme over the last month or two, maybe you need to pray for a burden for someone to be saved. Maybe as a church we need to bow and ask God to give us a burden to bring sinners into this house. Into this hospital for sinners. So that they could find help. Today is the day. Jesus said you must be born again. So you've heard what Nicodemus said. He said, how? 
How can these things be? You've heard what Jesus has said. You've heard the message. You've heard the explanation. How can these things be? Now, if I could say it like this, the choice is up to you. If God's called you, if God's dealt with your heart, now it's time to shed your own thoughts. Now it's time to shed your own own points of decisions about what you're going to do later and do something now. Let's stand.